It's time for All Hands on Tech. Climb on board as we explore all the amazing things happening in Nova Scotia's tech sector. Each episode, we'll chat with local experts to uncover the secrets of what makes Nova Scotia the best place for collaboration, innovation, and creativity. All Hands on Tech is proudly produced by Digital Nova Scotia, the industry association for Nova Scotia's growing tech sector. Welcome back to All Hands on Tech. I'm Jenna. And I'm Ashley. Digital marketing is a fast-paced industry, and it can seem like there's always something new to try out. But there are a lot of ways that we can streamline our marketing efforts so that you can get back your most valuable commodity, time. And that's exactly what Sean Wynott does for his clients through his company, Blue Cow Marketing, headquartered in Coldbrook, Nova Scotia. And we are thrilled to pick his brain in today's episode. Welcome to All Hands on Tech. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Um, you know, let's just start off at the beginning. Blue Cow Marketing, you know, when did you start it? Where did it come from? And what exactly do you do for your clients? Yeah, that's a great story. I mean, you know, over the years, I've been in this, this field for over 20 years. Uh, and it, it has evolved in many different kind of instances. But the the Blue Cow Company came when I was living out in northern BC. Um, I moved out there uh, and started a, a marketing company. And, you know, I wanted to come up with a name. Uh, and you know, there's no big rich story or, or deep meaning behind it other than, you know, I, I found when you look at a cow, there's always, I always felt that there was like something fun, something unique, and that they had this hidden wisdom that you just, mm. just could see that was there. So, uh, and color and, and it used to be called blue cow creative uh, and evolved into marketing and it just stuck. Uh, and over the years, clients have said, you know what, I always remember the name, right. Mm -hmm. And that was something that, that. I just never changed. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, we'll get into some more questions, but I'm just curious. It seems like it's something you're super, super passionate about. You go to your website. This is something that, you know, you're making videos and you're creating content on marketing. Like, what are you so, pa why, what makes you so passionate about marketing? I'm curious. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the big thing that comes across in, in all the work that I've done over the years is the passion when you, when you actually help somebody, mm -hmm. um, you know, and you can only service so many people unless you start to grow a big team. Uh, and I never wanted to get to the point in a business where clients just became a number. Uh, I wanted to, to know things about them. I wanted them to almost be like friends. Uh, and the biggest thing that, that stood out to me was those relationships come from people you help. Uh, and I know that in order to help more than the people that I can actually serve as a client, I wanted to create content to do that. And that's where my website most recently has evolved into the homepage being blogs, YouTube videos, mm -hmm. podcast episodes. I do it because if one person can get something from one of those pieces of content, then that's great. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. I definitely noticed that scrolling through your website. I was like, this is a different approach to a homepage mm -hmm. and it definitely highlights. And I like the way that you say it's, it's not just about you. It's about your clients as well. Absolutely. Very cool. Um, and I know in our correspondence too, you had mentioned, which I think we kind of alluded to in the opening there though, is like what you do can really be life-changing for a lot of your clients, giving them their time back, which is like you said, the most valuable commodity. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Absolutely. And one of the, the things that, that is pretty consistent with, you know, business owners is that you don't just work a nine to five job, mm -hmm. especially if you've got a family too. Uh, and for clients, they're spending a lot of time doing things over and over again. Uh, and a lot of the, the focus that I've really kind of honed in on is that marketing automation piece is how right. can we, you know, automate those repetitive tasks? How can we get people the data they need to make those decisions so that, you know, Joe business owner could go and drive his son or daughter to school in the morning and not be stressed and not have to be in the office at seven because he has to spend two hours to prep stuff. So his team, when they come in, are ready to go. And that's the type of stuff, giving people back that time mm -hmm. uh, that they're stressed over. 
Absolutely. We will get into that automation piece. But before we get into the big questions, we have a quick little um, rapid fire question. Oh, great. Just a few <laughs> things to get to know you better. Um, so I'll get us started with the first one. So is it better to have a newsletter subscriber or a social media follower? Newsletter subscriber, hands down. Okay, cool. That was easy. Yeah. <laughs> Super easy. <laughs> you uh, say why? Yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> because you own that medium, mm -hmm. right? I mean, Facebook can lock you out. Um, people can lose trust in that. Uh, and you really, you don't own that audience. So having a subscriber on your newsletter is something that you control. You own that, that list uh, much more than Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or anything like that. Right, right. Okay. Point. For a techie, for social media, I guess your computer, light mode or dark mode? Ooh. <laughs> uh, I, I prefer the dark mode myself. Okay. Save your eyes or aesthetics. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it, it might just be that for so many years there was no dark mode. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it was now like something cool. You have options. <laughs> and if you want to be kind of really on both sides, you can have the one that will transition midway through the, the day for you. I didn't know that was a thing. I also did not know. I recently just redecorated my phone because that's the type of person I am. And I just switched <laughs> from dark mode to light mode because I'm ready for spring. But that sounds like the, the good yeah. in between. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. okay. Last but not least. Oh, okay. So favorite local business in the Valley. <laughs> <laughs> favorite local business in the Valley. Um, I'll have to give a shout out to one of my clients that's there. Uh, she has a business called Absolutely Fabulous at Home. Uh, it is a like a home decor type of business. Awesome. Uh, and about seven years ago, she started doing YouTube videos. We go in, we shoot four uh, a month, release them once a week. And it was strictly here's this product, here's what I love about it, never a price, never anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and she consistently was putting those out for year after year. Cool. Um, and she took a time off at one point and people were coming in the store, they're like, what's happening? Are you okay? Um, but it's she absolutely fully invested into to creating content. Um, I love that, I especially love via YouTube. I find, mm -hmm. and like maybe this is me uninformed, but I feel like YouTube is still kind of the underdog, even though it has such, it's so popular, but also has a really strong following. Mm -hmm. Like Very people strong. who follow a YouTuber, they follow those people. And like, what, like you said, we'll ask when they're coming back, if they're not there. Or... Yeah, absolutely. And you see these platforms will actually start to mimic what's popular. I mean, you got YouTube mm -hmm. shorts, which is mm -hmm. now mimicking what TikTok has been doing. Mm -hmm. so. There's so much to keep up with. Yeah. I mean, if you're not in the marketing space, I don't know how you keep up with it, right? Yeah. But you, you find it exciting or do you find it overwhelming, all of the new new things that come out? You can be overwhelmed if you let yourself do that, yeah. if you're chasing everything mm -hmm. all at once. Um, but a lot of the stuff that you learn, if you learn the foundational points and understand what you're truly trying to get across to your audience, mm -hmm. that can replicate over every platform that's there. So it's not as, as challenging, right? You don't have to be doing the, the dancing videos on TikTok to stand out anymore like people felt you had to when it first came out. Right. And I guess it also comes down to you don't have to be everywhere all the time. That's it's right. depending on what your business is, what you're trying to accomplish. You yeah. know, maybe you don't need to jump on TikTok, you know? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I'm no expert. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we briefly touched on the marketing automation. Um, so let's dive back into that. So what exactly is it and what are its benefits? Absolutely. So, I mean, when I look at marketing automation, a lot of people initially say, you know, email newsletters, right? That's the main thing that comes, mm -hmm. to, comes to mind with it. But it's, it's more than that. What we tend to do with any client or, or anyone that we're working with, even if we've done workshops, is start to list out everything that you do. 
right, in your business, every task, right down to the, the smallest detail, and then figure out which one of those are you doing repetitively. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, if you, you know, get a new client or you do an interview uh, with them or you do a meeting, you know, are you sending a follow-up email, right? Can we automate that? Right? When you close a sale, are you sending them something you know, in the mail, a thank you? You can do that. You, we can automate and send them brownies if you want. Right? There are companies out there that we mm-hmm. can, can build all that in uh, and do that. You know, and a lot of times there's internal and external. So there's a lot of tasks that you have to be reminded of that you know, we can put that automation in place so that you know, when they meet this certain milestone, you know, these three things need to, have, you know, need to happen. So you know, that, that stress that you have as a business owner where... You know, we always say, well, what's keeping you up at night when you're laying in bed and you're like, oh, I got to remember to do this mm-hmm. tomorrow. When you have a properly designed process where you know that when you get into your, your computer or wake up in the morning and check your phone, you're going to be notified of the things that need to be done and you have trust in that, right? That is marketing automation. I would almost lean it towards more of business automation than just marketing automation. Mm-hmm. Now, how difficult is it to like set all of that up? Like that's obviously something you're helping your clients do. Is it super labor intensive? It isn't. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of companies that have built software over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I'm certified in for over 11 years is called Keep. Uh, they're based in Arizona, but there's Active Campaign, HubSpot, you know, a lot of them that people are familiar with those names if you've been in, you know, online marketing. Um, but what the biggest thing that comes down to people's barriers is they don't know where to start, right? Mm-hmm. They don't know what should they automate. Um, and in most cases, you know, a business would have a, a newsletter, right? And they might have MailChimp. Uh, and, and in the bare minimum, they have a, a list that they're putting people on and they're sending everybody on that list mm-hmm. the exact same thing every month, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's like, okay, well, what can we do to, to automate the follow-up when they enter you know, the process. So, you know, if they're subscribing to your podcast or they're downloading ebook or they're, you know, um, you know, coming into your store and you're giving them a, a coupon or something like that for your online store, right? There's a lot of different elements that you can actually automate that process uh, so they stay uh, engaged with you. Um, and, and, you know, it's all down to building that relationship. And, you know, we can get into the kind of the, the thought process of how you should focus on this and, and think about it, which I think everyone will, will fully understand a lot better um, when it comes to content. Mm-hmm. Are there any tips to make it um, like not feel automated? I mean, I guess it all depends on the language that you say, if it's a follow-up email or whatnot, mm-hmm. but to make it seem like it's not automated. Yeah. I mean, people aren't dumb now, yeah. right? We, we, we can sense when things are automated and, you know, if you send a, a form or a contact form and you get an email back right away, I mean, I don't think anyone's sitting there going, wow, they're so good at responding instantly to us, right? Um, And a lot of times, we'll actually say sometimes in the emails, this is an automated email. But if you reply, it'll come to our inbox. Um, But a lot of times, you get like email nurtures where you get stuff coming out in newsletters and stuff like that, where it's been scheduled and you know it's coming out, um, you know, on more of that automated basis. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't feel that the method of it being automated or not automated, uh, is the make or break. It's mm-hmm. what is in that message, mm-hmm. sure. right? Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll jump right into this idea because I was thinking about this on the drive-in here was we've all had those friends where you only hear from them when they want something, mm-hmm. right? I'm sure everybody has those people in their lives. And then we have those friends who will just reach out to you when they're thinking of you, when they've got something like, hey, I thought you'd be interested in that. Mm-hmm. That's the type of friend you need to come across as in your content, right? Right. By saying sign up for my newsletter, it immediately implies you're only going to talk to me when you're telling me about yourself and what you, right? Mm -hmm. Versus it's for me, 
right? So you know, we try to, to lead people to think of productizing what your, your newsletter, for lack of a better word, is. Give it a brand. Give it something. So if it's like, you know, a, you know, a Sunday, Sunday morning, you know, tech tip or something like that, right? We know we're giving value because we want to help. And that is the kind of content that I'm creating, mm-hmm. as you saw on the website, mm-hmm. right? I'm working with, with clients and projects or a new tool will, c- will come in and I'll try it out. And I'm like, wow, this is great. Boom. I'll do a screen recording, throw it on YouTube because I'm like, I learned something and I want to get it out there. Right. right. And you it's know? incredibly genuine that way. Right. Because you're actually just reacting to your enthusiasm about the thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? I'm in a lot of the different spaces, but I don't know everything that's happening. You know, uh, I think it was like, you know, Monday night or something, I was scrolling through TikTok and somebody did a video about, you know, hey, you know that Canva has AI content generation. Here's how you can generate some ideas and create some social media posts in, in like two minutes. So I was like, no way. So I tried it the next day and then I created a video for it too and put it on online. And I was like, this is brilliant. Not only am I going to use it, but now somebody mm-hmm. else will, you know, find benefit to that. Yeah, absolutely. That's very cool. I did not know that. And we use Canva a lot. So <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Gonna that. check that out. Yeah. <laughs> so on I guess still talking about automation, are there any big mistakes that people are making when it comes to automating their marketing efforts? And is it something that can completely replace doing marketing in real time? Um, so it's probably a hard question to answer <laughs> yeah. with it. So let's talk about the first one, any mistakes that people are making. Yeah. When people are trying to treat everybody the same, mm-hmm. right? Everybody's unique. Uh, everybody has different challenges. And, and the, the key thing is to try to identify what their challenges are or what it is that, that they need help with very early on, uh, in that kind of sales process. Um, so whether they're opting in for something online, you know, asking a question, uh, there that you can then segment and segmentation is another term in the marketing automation space that is very key. Um, you know, for example, let's say, you know, and I'll use this from the financial space because I've done a lot of work in that space. We had a, a financial advisor who on the very first contact form or opt-in form, he said, if you could go anywhere on a trip, where would it be? And it was like, Disney with my family, golf vacation, traveling for Europe or a beach down south. I think those are the four. That was a key identifier because all his marketing downstream was playing into that. Mm. So he did some direct mail where he was sending out postcards and he had four different postcards printed. One had a beach, one had a golf vacation right on it. So you know that is the thing that somebody is attracted to. And so the marketing stood out a bit more. Very cool. That way, right? Um, you know, we... We do some work with a with a skincare brand in the U.S., um, and we have different segments of people that are coming in as a new lead or an existing lead, or maybe they just bought something on WooCommerce and they haven't gone into like a coaching program. So there's different segmented lists that are there, um, and making sure that you're speaking to them where they're at, mm-hmm. right? So each business is different. Uh, it could be different stages that people are in, um, but sending that one size fits all kind of approach does not work mm-hmm. uh, anymore um, because you're going to start to only take so many of these emails coming in or text message and you're like, this does not apply to me on subscribe. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what you don't want to have happen. In terms of that setup then, like how much is too much customization then? Cause like you could go down that rabbit hole of like these, these are our four kind of archetypes of what they're interested in. Like you could keep subdividing yeah. that mm-hmm. as like, what's too much, what's not enough. What, where's that line? Well, every, every, just think of like a matrix. So every time you add another kind of variable, you exponentially like make multiples of this, right? Mm-hmm. And it gets to a point where it's too hard to maintain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it can get very cloudy and convoluted. So, I, you know, from the very standard process, we like to get people to think of which process, like which 
phase of the business are they in? Are they a new lead, right? So, you know, we'll use that dating reference, right? I mean, you're not going to meet somebody online and suddenly you're talking about marriage, right? I know it's an overused analogy in this, this kind of space, but you know, you want to make that first impression with them. So you're going to get to know them a bit better, Mm -hmm. right? And then once they go through that, maybe it's a two week period or a month or whatever, then they might move into like a different phase Mm -hmm. of the process. Then you're going to speak a little differently to them that way. Mm -hmm. Right. And that would be a different way of segmenting, um, along the way. Right. right? Um, so can it replace doing things in real time? Totally. <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends what we're talking about, yeah. too, right? Like newsletters and follow-up emails and things like that. That That's not really like the same thing as social media or if, if something pops up and you need to kind of respond to it. It's different. I think they can work together because the answer may be like... Yeah, they can absolutely yeah. work together. Um, you know, I've heard this explanation by... Uh, somebody in in Halifax here years ago in an event that I heard them speak at, and I don't know who it was, so I'm not taking credit for it, <laughs> but it was talking about social media posts and people are like, well, what should I post and when should I post? Because um, people tend to overthink and they put a lot of like production value into mm-hmm. at least the photo perfect and all this stuff. And she had said, you got to think of your content as assets and moments, right? So your assets are the things like your eBooks, your blogs, your videos, your YouTube videos, where they're going to stick around longer, mm-hmm. right? And that kind of stuff has a longer shelf life and can be automated. But then you have moments, like the mm-hmm. picture we took here today mm-hmm. was not scheduled. I'm going to post it when we're done here. That is a moment, right? Right. The photo, she took a photo. That's great, but it's going to go out as a piece of content. Um, but it is a moment mm-hmm. that happens. So you have to kind of have a blend of, of two that are there. If you spend all your time just scheduling everything, People, there's no personality there. Yeah, right? that's such a good point. Like mm-hmm. those videos that you make and take the time to create, they live on your website. People can visit them time and time again. Of course, people could see your, your picture that you posted on Twitter, but they're not going to scroll back on your feed to go see that. You know, that's like, right. So it's different, like the moments versus. And you're also building kind of a, a library, yeah. right? So I have clients that will you know, reach a certain like hurdle uh, in their business. And I know, okay, I did a video about that last year. I'll mm-hmm. find the video and say, here, mm-hmm. just watch this. Right. Or, you know, they find it on their own. You know, I had a client uh, who uh, called me from the U.S. about three years ago and he said, I was going through YouTube and I found a video you made six years ago. And he's like, I just liked how you were speaking and you seemed very um, you know, confident. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that was the video that made me call you. Mm-hmm. He's like, you weren't even talking about what I want to hire you mm-hmm. about, but I just saw you and that was what it was. So you don't know where this content is going to be found down the road. Have, yeah. Right? Yeah, I love that. So you obviously are passionate about marketing, trying out new things. So what's something that people, businesses should be implementing in their marketing strategies right now that you're seeing? Well, I mean, the big talk right now is AI generated mm-hmm. content, right? ChatGPT is in the news uh, currently. Um, but there's been tools around for, for a long time. I strongly believe that the biggest hurdle that most clients have when it's coming to creating content or even in the written form is they don't know what to write or how to get started, mm-hmm. right? And I don't, I'm not going to advocate that you need to replace all of your content with AI-generated content, but it serves a great purpose of getting the initial starting point mm-hmm. going, right? You can can go into to one of these tools and you can say, you know, write me a blog outline on this topic and it will give you bullet points of here's some topics that you could think about and you're like, oh yeah. And then your brain will start to flow. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I think the biggest thing that people need to do is still start to create content more consistently. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you put a blog post out every day, but if you're going to say, I'm going to write a blog post once a month, do it once a month. Mm-hmm. Right. I right, get it out there. Uh, if you're on LinkedIn, the LinkedIn newsletter 
is huge right now for giving you exposure, right? Whether you're writing a blog post on your website, also post it on there um, because you're going to get subscribers there as well. And we're seeing great uptick with people using that tool. Um, right. So good to know. I feel like we're getting a lot of tips here. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So you have spent more than a decade exploring every corner of Canada. What do you love most about operating your business in rural Nova Scotia? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So I started in Nova Scotia. Um, kind of my background was at the age of 17, I started a DJ company. Um, and you know, I didn't know till later on that I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My grandfather had a TV repair shop and then my mom had a business and then it evolved. Uh, and it wasn't until high school I saw the word entrepreneurship and, mm. and actually went to a conference at uh, Dalhousie for that uh, and was like, I want to do this. So I started that DJ company and it evolved. Um, and it wasn't until 2006 that I actually left Nova Scotia and I went out to, to BC for three years and Alberta for one uh, and started a business out there. And while the experience of living abroad uh, was great and everything, there, there was something about the East Coast. And before I left, everyone said, when you go away, you're going to crave the ocean. And I'm like, no way. Hmm. And you come back and you're like, the first thing you want to do is go mm-hmm. to the ocean, right? There, there's something about that salt air that's there. But when it comes to doing business here that I didn't find anywhere else is the value of the relationship, right? You will get to know the people that you are doing business with Mm -hmm. um, and it will continue onward as long as you're doing a great job, but they'll start to know who you are, who your family is and everything like that. And you start to build that relationship. And a lot of times they want to build that relationship before they even hire you. Uh, Whereas in other places it was just like, okay, can you do that work? How much is it going to cost? I'll pay you. I don't want to see you kind of thing. And I didn't like that. Right. So mm-hmm. we have that very genuine East Coast flavor here because what we are. Um, and, and it's great. And there's in the last, uh, say, you know, five to 10 years, we've seen that rapid increase of, you know, the, the technology space and people being so innovative and new ideas and, you know, so many different technologies being developed here. Right. That you would normally have thought of like, you know, in, you know the southern part of the U.S. and, and moving across. And that was Early on, it was like, okay, if a new technology comes out, give it about five years and it might get it here. Mm-hmm. But now we are in the forefront pushing it back. Mm-hmm. That's right? so exciting too, because I think the Maritimes often get that kind of underdog energy, yeah. like as mm-hmm. opposed to like, if you're going to do something big, you got to go to Toronto or you got to go to a bigger city, go to the US. And it's so exciting to see so much homegrown talent mm-hmm. and local businesses kind of really pushing that for that to the forefront. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I used to go to, before COVID, I used to go to a lot of conferences in the U.S. Mm. Um, and the energy was so high there. It was, you know, there was, music was pumping. It was like a light show. And you were like, this is great. Um, and we never really had the venues for that, right? Now we got the new trade center mm-hmm. and we, we're, we're now competing at that that international world level uh, for, for events and, and things. And it's just exciting where it's going to go. That's yeah. so cool. What do you, what do you think, what do you think the future is? The advent or the, the increase of more collaborative space, taking it out further, right? Mm-hmm. Than just, you know, Halifax, HRM, getting it into, you know, the South Shore, the Valley, Yarmouth, yeah. like, you know, even up, you know, in other provinces too in Atlantic Canada. Um, but when people can come in these collaborative spaces and start to work together, because we spent so many years on Zoom. Right. Right. And you get that fatigue where you don't have that time between meetings to decompress, to talk and really come up with the ideas. You're you're meeting to meeting to meeting. And by the end of the day, you're just fried. Mm -hmm. And you're like, where did the day go? And you haven't left your desk. Right. So I think that's where we're going to going to see things. Collaborative energy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you're right. Kind of like bringing those rural places, Mm -hmm. not necessarily into the city, but connecting the Halifax kind of HRM energy to other rural hubs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
maybe your answer is the same, but are there, were there any like unexpected perks for you that came with being a business owner in like rural Nova Scotia specifically? Maybe that is your answer is that people are, you know, super genuine and nice and want to build those relationships, but anything particular about the rural aspect or... Um, so I guess in, in the rural aspect, uh, for me and my business, you know, it allowed me to, you know, be able to, you know, take my son to school in the morning, be able to like go run an errand on my lunch break and not know that I'm going to get stuck in an hour and a half of traffic, right? right. Being in a major city where yeah. you have to kind of plan a lot better that way. But before I, I went to the West coast, like driving an hour to Halifax and the South shore was like, that's a long time. Yeah. Right. And then I lived in Northern BC and, and we would drive seven hours to Edmonton. And back in the same day. Mm-hmm. And, it, and like I can go to the so shore to Halifax back to the valley in a day and it's like nothing. Right. It just seems so easy to, to do that now. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, being especially in, in, in the valley with with university there and, and the sports and all the opportunities, we're starting to see a lot of that stuff really kind of take off. Um, you know, people are, you know, we can put on events. I mean, look, look at what we did from. You know, that CFL game that, that yeah. you know, Wolfville mm-hmm. put on without a hitch. Look what we did with the World Juniors this year, mm-hmm. right? We are very good at last-minute decisions to be able to pull things together, right? So, I mean, that's the type of people that, that live and breathe here in, in the Maritimes is we can take something and we can run with it um, and really just knock it out of the park. Yeah, it's super exciting. I love to see it. I've been in Halifax now, Nova Scotia, for four years, coming on five years, and even in that short time. It's amazing, like the events and everything that we're hosting and to see people moving here and the growth of Nova Scotia as a province. It's great to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've definitely got a certain charm and people are noticing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for and sure. One, one thing that I just wanted to talk about just a little bit on that AI side, mm-hmm. if we can just put it into yeah. here, is, is where is this going? And a lot of people just feel like, you know, the robots are taking over. And, and like, as a, a business owner who's not in that technology space, they're like, well, I'm, they're scared of this. Mm-hmm. right? But you got to think about it is, how can it help your clients when they're coming to you? So if they're on your website, and let's just think ahead because this is where it's going, you know, chat bots that are on the website where they can actually start to formulate their own ideas from data that it has, mm-hmm. right? Um, and answer those questions. So at three in the morning, somebody's on your website and they have a question about a product and they can ask it and it can answer it. You're not going to have a live person sitting there 24-7 doing it, right? You are providing better service that's there. Um, and my prediction, and I haven't read this yet, but I think where we're going to get to is the point where the AI is going to be so fast that an ad you see will actually take into account what it knows about you and build the content and almost build the website specific for you and your needs like before you even see it come up. Like customize them per the the data coming from that user? Yeah, like from an ad click to know like all the data, your search history and what you're looking for um, and be able to like find images that are relating to you Mm -hmm. and everything and just kind of replace it and just have it like we're seeing this stuff happen so fast. It's a now. wild thought. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, is there I mean, you said there might be some fear from like business perspective. Is there any fear then that AI can replace marketing? That was the fear, especially <laughs> on the copywriting side. People are like, yeah. well, mm-hmm. or but, designing graphics and all the stuff that come along with marketing. Yeah, I mean there there's AIs out there where you can go in and say, you know, give me a picture of a woman holding a yellow cell phone with a blue sneaker in a oh, coffee yeah. shop and hit mm-hmm. search it's and wild. it'll generate the image for you. A brand new image. Brand new image. Like it, it'll generate it. But, you know, from the marketing side, you know, maybe we'll get to the point, but I think, I think it comes down to, you know, the strategy and everything's still going to be mm-hmm. in, right. in play. It's the actual implementation of things. I mean, I can go on and write a podcast description by putting a line of, you know, 
into a, a, an AI tool and it will write it. Um, and that's great, right? But I don't think we're, we're at the point where we're even going to see in our lifetime where it's basically going to be like, okay, computers are just going to market for everyone, right? You still have to work with right. with human beings, yeah. right? And we're going we're gonna to go through that phase where it's a hot tool and everyone's excited. And then we'll come to the point where people are like, I just want to work with real people again, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Yeah. Those I guess phone- similar to that fatigue, that Zoom fatigue of it was cool and exciting. Yeah. And, I Would mean, you- we were forced to do it, but you know, it was <laughs> it was new and we could use it. Mm-hmm. But think of, think of phone systems when when they came out where it's like the phone IVR the the menu system, like everyone's like, this is great. People can pick what they want. Mm-hmm. And now when you get somebody answer the phone, they're like, wow, like somebody reels answer the phone. This business yeah, is amazing. That's a good point. Right. The technology did its full circle, and yeah. now we've gone back to what people really want. want. Right? Even like the, I mean, gosh, this is a whole other conversation, but even with the shopping trends, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was the shopping malls, and, and now people want to support local again, right? Because it's just that human element. We want to know that if we're spending money, we want to we want to help the small business owners. Yeah, all trends come around. Fashion, exactly. same Absolutely. type of thing, right? It's, yeah. all, it's all full circle, right? Okay, we have one last question. It's not really a question, but the floor is yours. Um, what's exciting for you? Kind of, you know, we're kind of fresh into 2023. Is there anything you're super excited about you want to share with listeners happening for Blue Cow Marketing this year? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it comes back to that kind of full circle idea is, you know, I've spent so much time behind the computer uh, and my roots originally started in, in um, vi- uh, not video production, but in as a DJ and, and doing audio and stuff. Uh, and I'm starting to actually build up equipment again because I want to go out and put on events. I don't want to become a DJ, but I want to go put out, put out physical events for people, corporate events and things mm. like that, um, where you can kind of blend the two. I want to put on workshops. I want to go and, and, you know, not only just stand on a stage and teach people how to you know, market their business, but I want them to have a good time, mm. right? So I'm starting to take the physical side back. Uh, around so that to me may not be exciting for other people but i, I love exciting it I, to me i think that's yeah exciting. yeah i actually would have my my dj equipment at one point set up my office and you know you get out of a three-hour zoom meeting which is about two hours and 30 minutes mm-hmm. too long um and you stand up and i would just you know play like a 20 minute set and the music blaring or whatever and it was just a it was a stress relief and it was fun mm-hmm. and brought it back um, cool. It sounds like you would put powerful. on a great event. Yeah. <laughs> and we've learned, I don't know about you, Ashley, but I have learned so much just in this conversation. So surely if you can bring that fun and bring that, that kind of value add. Yeah, that's right. I'm there. I expect <laughs> an invite. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a great conversation. No problem. And you know, the website has all the, all the content you need. Thanks for tuning in to All Hands on Tech. Interested in learning more? Visit us on our website at www.digitalnovascotia.com. We'll see you next time. This has been a Podstarter production. production.